welcome to Nobody Told Me That, your source for candid business talk and stories. Your host is speaker and author Teresa Duncan. Sit back, buckle up, and hang on. Kevin and I recorded this roughly a week ago, and you can see that so much has changed. So keep that in mind while you're listening to this show. We'll actually have an update coming out soon as we plan to regroup and kind of go over everything that's gone on. There's been a lot of recommendations, uh, not mandates, but recommendations about whether or not you should stay open. My Facebook page has a list of them, uh, the estate, but also the ADA, who of course is the the big one, they have a recommendation for three weeks, closing for three weeks. Uh, I think a lot of us are planning on being closed for much more. At any rate, I hope you enjoy our conversation. We do get a little bit of fun at the end. I hope it's a welcome relief to everything that is going on around us. Okay, we are back with another episode of Nobody Told Me That. I have my constant, constant companion and dear friend, Kevin Henry, with me. Kevin, what's up? Hello, my friend. How are you? I am good. I am good. Now, I was tempted to do this behind a, a mask, just so you could see, because you're the only one that can see. I was tempted to do that, but I didn't, because from what I'm hearing, the masks really don't do anything. However, exactly. that's what they're telling us. And, you know, we're, we're hearing a lot of weird stuff about the virus, the, the COVID-19. So I thought, you know, and Kevin and I, we text back and forth to figure out, you know, what do we want to talk about? What's What's the big hot topic? And of course, we have to we have to talk about the virus. It sounds so like ominous, right? Like I feel like the virus, like like zombies are rising. It, it does, yeah, it, yeah. And I know you love the zombies. I do. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They they were they were showing a, a couple of uh, images last night of planes going from the U.S. to Italy, and literally was like ten people on this big, huge, you know, wide body. And, and one of the comments was, this is how the zombie apocalypse starts. And I thought of you whenever I saw that. Absolutely. But it, yeah, it does. <laughs> you know, it's, it's definitely some, some interesting times, no question about it. Well, listen, I have, I have thought long and hard about what I would do in the case of a zombie apocalypse. So if you need tips, I'm happy to pass those on because I know exactly what my game plan is. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> Well, I've watched too many movies. So, okay. So let's talk about this. The reason why Kevin and I wanted to focus in on it is because we had some ripple going through the industry, which is, first of all, people in offices are nervous. Patients are canceling. Um, employees are, you know, saying that they're not coming in because they may have been exposed. This is just a big disruption business-wise. And on a larger scale, we've had cancellations of shows. The AO, the Academy of Osseo Integration, they had a meeting up in Seattle and that was canceled. And that's a big meeting. And then Kevin, you said another meeting canceled. Yeah, there was a DSO meeting out at uh, National Harbor out uh, in your part of the world, uh, out in the Maryland area that, that canceled over the weekend as well. So it, it's de it's definitely happening. And, and I think it's something that we've got to not only look at those that are canceling, but those that go on, what the impact's going to be. So the the big one in healthcare was the health information management system. That's a really, really big show. Now that canceled, not necessarily, well, they say it's because they want to make sure that the their people are taken care of, but really a couple days beforehand, there were articles about how all of their sponsors were dropping out, like Google, Amazon, the big boys, they were restricting travel. So when the sponsors drop out, I mean, really the organization doesn't have much 
choice. I mean, really, right. I mean, how do you run a show with, first of all, no money? And second of all, nobody to draw to the floor. So then all the small sponsors are like, wait, what am I doing here? So I think they were sort of forced to do it. And and I think that caused a ripple effect. Now, you mentioned some non-dental, non-healthcare meetings that were canceled. What were you saying yeah. earlier? Well, you know, South by Southwest canceled, uh, which was a big one, obviously, in Austin, Texas. Uh, mm-hmm. And then before I uh, left Denver this weekend, there was a big uh, IT show that was coming to the Colorado Convention Center that basically they canceled two days before. And some of the the news in and around Denver were that people were in flight to the meeting whenever it was canceled. And so now, of course, you know, they're there and they're having to basically get back on a plane just to go home. So I, I think we've got to not only look at this from our personal perspective and how do we keep ourselves healthy, how do we keep you know our our family healthy, but also how are we going to keep our industry healthy during this time as well, and not not overreact, but at the same time exercise caution. Yeah, and you know what? That's a good point. So let's let's start off with a basis here. So we are not trying to fearmonger here. We just know that this is something that needs addressing and it's going to come up a lot. And this is around the time when there's a lot of misinformation spread, which is really unfortunate. And also on the other end of it, we're seeing a lot of memes kind of minimizing it. And, you know, the memes are funny. I'm not going to lie. The memes are funny, (laughs) but but we do need to take this seriously because the numbers seem to be getting worse. And, you know, there's always the people on TV that are telling us, oh, don't worry, don't worry. And then you flip it over to another one and it's like, freak out, you know, (laughs) toilet paper's gone. We can't find anything. The truth is always in the middle, right? Now you have been in contact because of bicuspid, you've been in contact with some professionals. So what do you, what do you hear? I mean, I know you guys have to be preparing some stuff on this. Yeah. And and it's one of those things that my, my job as editor for drbicuspid.com is to make sure that we're getting correct information out there and it's not overreaction, but it's also not don't worry about it. So it it is threading that needle between the middle. So we're going to have a a big, very comprehensive, uh, probably by the time this gets out, it will already be up on Dr. Bicuspid, but a very comprehensive Q and a from experts on what you need to know. Uh, you know, we've already done one on mask usage and mask shortages, because obviously, dear God, people and the way that they're using masks right now are insane, and the way that they're clamoring for them as well. So I, I think the biggest thing that, that I've, I'm trying to do is I'm not, I mean, yes, I have on CNN and Fox and the MSNBC and everything else trying to get information, but I'm going to OSAP. I'm going to folks who work with the World Health Organization saying, what do we need to be telling people? How do we help you push out your message? And I think that's the biggest thing that as a journalist I'm trying to do is, is take the emotion out of it and really look at the facts and, and potentially where we're heading with this. So one thing that I that has alarmed me, and I've been keeping an eye on it, is uh, the age of you know who's more at risk, which t- yeah. seems to be yeah. the over seventy crowd. And last time I saw you was in Chicago, Kevin, and and you, I, I told you afterwards, but I had not seen you when I had gone home. My dad uh, was in the hospital that when I was going home, so I, when I, I landed, I you know went straight to the hospital yeah. uh, with another kidney stone infection. So and he's scheduled for surgery this Friday. Well. You know, now that I'm a little concerned because Fort Belvoir, where he would have his operation, a military base, they just had their first case, which was inevitable. But, you know, now it really just kind of hammers at home. You know, he's at risk now. And so I know they're going to be extra cautious, but there's nothing like, you know, thinking of your, your parents that 
it brings it home. And your parents too, your parents are up there too. Absolutely. You know, whenever they're in their mid to late seventies and, you know, not in the greatest health to begin with, you know, I, I don't want to tell them, Hey, guess what? You've got to stay indoors and tape, tape down the windows and everything else. But because, you know, they're going to need to get out. They're going to need to get groceries. They're going to need to go to the doctor, things like mm-hmm. that. But at the same time, you're exactly right. It worries me because I know the more that they're out there, the more there's a chance of catching something. And it could be the flu. It could be the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. It could be a cold. But yeah. at their age, you know, any any illness is something that, that I definitely am keeping a very close eye on right now. Well, and it could be us, too. That's, that's what kind of – I'm a little – you know, gosh, if they ever got sick because of me, I would feel so guilty. You know, exactly. I'm still traveling. I'm still working. You know, what if I come home from a trip all happy? I've washed my hands, but something, you know, God forbid, sure. I didn't, I touched my eye and didn't wash my hands and all that kind of stuff. So, so I, you know, now I'm kind of nervous about everything. And so I'm going to basically be spraying my dad down every couple of months <laughs> when he's it's, home. It's not a bad plan. And, and, you know, I think you hit upon, I think you hit upon a key point right there is the fact that you know, I'm still planning to travel. I'm still planning to go see clients. I'm still planning to live life, uh, you know, and, and I think that's what we, we have to do. I think we have to be particularly cautious. I think we have to take hand hygiene, uh, as you mentioned, and make sure that we're doing that properly. But I think if we all just all of a sudden go, oh, I'm going to just stay indoors for the next month, then that's that's the worst thing you can do, at least in my opinion. So ironically, if, if I... If somebody had said to me, hey, you get to stay indoors for a month, I would have been super excited. But (laughs) if it's because of the flu, that's a whole different animal. So, you know, could I stay indoors with my parents for a whole month? I don't don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's a tough Uh, one, right? You and I I are in the same boat on that. I I love them to death, but, uh, you know, I'll I'll be over here in my little bubble. Good, thanks. I may put up a man cave. I may invade Norman's man cave, you know? So, so, so let's, let's get back to it. So you, so you actually compiled some experts to come in and again, we're not fear mongering, but it seemed to me the little reading that I did and talking with you that we do need to start taking it much more seriously, but not necessarily, you know, go into hazmat mode, but we got to look at the memes and laugh, but then realize hey, there is a little bit of, you know, there is something that we need to really talk about here. There is. And when you look at, you know, again, let's look at two of the hardest hit countries, China and Italy. Uh, You know, those have been two of the ones that have been impacted the most. They are well ahead of the United States whenever it came to when the virus impacted them and what they did to try to combat it. The United States is still behind that. So logic would dictate that the way that it has been in those countries, it will escalate here in this country. And that's what I'm being told by experts. That's what I'm being kind of prepared for by experts. And I'm not saying we're all going to turn into zombies. I'm not saying it's going to be the Spanish flu or so many people pass or whatever. But I think it's something that we've got to be prepared that it's not going to just go away tomorrow. It's something, this is something that's going to be with us for a while. And it's something that me and you who travel for a living, uh, trade shows who depend on us to travel for a living, by the time CDA and PNDC, you know, I, I don't, I think by the time May and June gets here, we're still going to be dealing with this. I mean, that's, that's my opinion, but that's also what I'm hearing. 
Man, if they cancel CDA, I'm going to be so upset. Not only because, well, first of all, we get paid when we speak, right? So I, I kind of got to keep speaking. So if any of the organizers are listening, um, if your speakers cancel and I'm free, give me a call. Um, <laughs> just saying. But, just saying. But but you and I are actually planning on, we're going to try to get to a UFC fight that weekend yep. of CDA. And yep. I'm going to try to do some Disneyland to catch up with Star Wars. So I have a whole vacation for myself planned. So this has got to, you know, SARS, you got to, not SARS, COVID, well, you got to take a break. And I will tell you, you know, you and I are getting together in beautiful Fargo, North Dakota later this month mm-hmm. uh, for, for a great Patterson event. And I'm super excited about that. It's something that we've been planning for for a while. We've had on our calendars for a while. And it being the closest event that you and I are both going to together, and obviously North Dakota has not been a an epicenter for anything like this, and and I hope it isn't. But my plans to have the show go on, my plans to still be out there, and if people want to shake hands or fist bump or whatever, that's fine with me. But I'm certainly going to sanitize and wash afterwards too. Say I'm just going to make sure that I'm doing everything to take care of myself without insulating myself as much as possible. So I was at a Patterson event this weekend in Cincinnati. Shout out to the Cincinnati branch. Oh, they Lionel's great. Rock stars, rock stars. Yeah, Danielle too. All of them really. So, but you know, saw the Adon chapter there, the girls there, met some new people. And I was just hugging, hugging, hugging. And then on the way home, I'm like, wow, I hugged an awful lot of people today. <laughs> you know, just kind of, oh, wow. <laughs> kind of made me think a little bit. And then I come home, of course, and, you know, hugging my dad. And I'm like, ooh, no, let's not do that. So, so it is something to think about. Okay, so let's get back to, because now I'm just like, oh my gosh, now I'm freaking myself out. Okay, here's what I want to I want to uh, share is the testing right now. So I think the numbers, honestly, are pretty low because the testing has not been widely available. And both the big testing labs have said that they're, you know, they're ready to go. They've got a lot, you know, that they can roll out. And from what I'm hearing on the news, there's a two hour turnaround time for the results, but the lab can, you know, doesn't have to release it right at two hours. Could be a couple days, but, you know, I don't know why you would take the test and then somebody go home, infect a lot of people, come back and then, oh, hey, by the way, you know, three days ago you had COVID. So you probably need to talk to somebody. So I think when, when people start getting tested, because right now you have to have a doctor's order to be tested. You can't just walk in and get tested. And you have to have met criteria, like you have gone somewhere or whatever, you know, the criteria that they're talking about. So now if anybody's feeling sick, you know, your doctor can order a test, even though you haven't been anywhere or haven't met anybody. You know, if you're like the hermit out in the woods, you, you feel bad, they could order a test for you. And I think when those results start coming in, because those will be reported, I think that's when maybe the memes will slow down a little bit, but I think we still need to maintain a sense of, you know, Hey, we need, we need to chill a little bit because if, if we lose our heads, it's, it's not the good way to go. Absolutely. Now, and one thing too, I, I was surprised that we've seen social separation. I, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but like school systems have shut down and people are being told not to come to work or, you know, work from home. That's the first time I've, I remember really. I mean, even the swine flu wasn't that bad or SARS. I mean, do you remember that where like people were separated socially? I can't, I no. can't think of the word. No, I, I don't. I don't remember that. You know, and, and it's funny. I was having this, this same discussion with a friend of mine the other day, and he was saying that part of it's overreaction, but part of it is also we've never had the technology before as we do right now to be able to school from home, work from home in, in a very efficient manner. 
And, you know, he said even back when the SARS outbreak was going on and other things that, that we've been worried about here in the U.S., and we, we never felt like we could be productive from home as we are now. So I thought I thought that was a, an interesting spin on it. But I, I do think a lot of it is we're trying to separate ourselves, obviously, from society. But does that mean, you know, and you and I were talking about this before we went on the air, does that mean that you're not going to go to opening day baseball? Does that mean that you're not going to go to a dental meeting? Does that mean that you're not going to go to a UFC fight? You know, I mean, it, it's interesting to see how much we as a society are going to be pulled back by either doctrine or by our own means so wait you're down in spring training right now are you seeing anything crazy where where are Uh, you again so i'm in phoenix uh so i so those of you don't know i cover the colorado rockies baseball team and and run with their official blogs so this week i'm splitting dentistry and baseball which is never a bad thing Uh, but i will tell you I, i did some interviews yesterday and shook hands with one of the players after I, you know, great guy, uh, Ryan McMahon, who's their second baseman, uh, he and I shook hands, uh, shook hands yesterday with Bud Black, who's the manager. And I thought it was real ironic after I did the interviews in the morning, then I'm, I'm on Twitter and I'm looking at some of our, shall we say, competitors. And one of our competitors tweeted out that nobody in the locker room was shaking hands. Everybody's just touching elbows, you know, and I was just kind of like, that's not true. Really? <laughs> you know, so yeah, so it, it's just fascinating to me that I think perspective is such a big thing that we've got to think about. Uh, you know, there is there is talk from the NHL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, that they are going to close off locker rooms uh, and have players brought out to try to make sure that reporters don't infect players and vice versa. I hope that doesn't happen because I, I think that's a little over the top personally. But yeah, you know, this is going to impact dental trade shows. It's going to impact gatherings. It's going to impact movie theaters. It's going to impact airlines. You know, I mean, I mean, we're really talking about how much people protect themselves is going to impact our economy. And I think we're starting to see a lot of that just, you know, with what's going on this morning with the stock market and a lot of things. Well, I was on uh, Reddit uh, yesterday and I was on a travel thread and they were talking about how they were getting cheap, you know, flights like crazy. And, and so <laughs> it's kind of tempting to book a vacation, but yeah, we really shouldn't do that. Uh, so when you said interviewing the players, I imagine like a jail situation where like you're interviewing from behind the glass. That's, <laughs> that's got to be yeah. impersonal, right? Well, you know, it, and what they're talking about doing, and it's fascinating to me, is that and so normally, and I'm just going to use baseball as an example, normally during the regular season, they open up the locker room before and after the game for a certain period of time. And we can go in and talk to the players and they're just in their lockers. And, and, and we get a lot of good exclusive interviews that way. And then when the postseason hits, they change that completely where you, they bring players out to a very, uh, a conference area and you don't get exclusive interviews there more. Everybody, it's like a scrum basically is what we call it. And so that's what they're talking about doing is now just making everything a scrum, which again, I, I understand the value behind it, but I also think that that's something then that hurts storytelling. I think it hurts the ability to, to try to get something that uh, is a little deeper than the surface. So on the journalist side, I, my heart kind of gets heavy whenever I think about that. But, but again, I, I've got to realize that Major League Baseball, this is their product. And if a player gets sick or a team gets sick, Good God, can you imagine, you know, the Rockies can't play this week because they've got the coronavirus, you know, <laughs> or, uh, you know, sure. yeah, yeah, you know, and, and, and they don't. I'm just saying, what if? But if you start thinking about how this could be a real ripple effect, and again, uh, what I said earlier, 
this is not something that's going to go away tomorrow. This is something we're still going to be dealing with Memorial Day. I have no doubt about it, 4th of July. So I think we've got to be prepared for that, not only as, as dental professionals, but also as uh, just people in this world, too. Well, and I, I'll bring it back to dental because I know we're talking sports right now. I'll bring it back to dental in a second. But, you know, from a, you know, I love my MMA and what sure. what the fight that just happened Saturday night, which, by the way, if, if anybody loves MMA, the women's fight, the main event was a, a snooze fest. Please don't watch that. But the co-main were two women fighting and it was probably the best MMA fight I've seen in a long, long time. Like, honestly, like so good. And uh, the one the champion, I won't say who who wins, but the incoming champion was uh, from Ch- is from China, and there were she had left her training camp real early so that she could you know beat getting out of China because she saw this coming a long time ago. Her camp got her out of China very very fast, but there were still quarantine concerns for her, and that would have been a big hit to uh, the card. And we've got two huge fights coming up in a little bit, and and if they don't go off, that's a huge loss of revenue, not just sure. for the UFC, because you know we always think oh the the big corporations can absorb it, but the fighters put out a lot of money for camps, and so there's Absolutely. that. And same thing with your baseball players, and and thinking of the trainers, I'm thinking of the people who work the stadiums, you know, all of those people that impacts their their pay. So yeah. it's it's a big big ripple effect, and then also you know just the travel industry. So many of our offices work with big companies, you know, the the Deltas, I'm thinking of Minnesota, my gosh, what if Delta posts huge loss and has to lay off people in Minnesota? They're they're Delta employees. So it's going to be, yeah, you're right. So now, now I'm starting to fear monger here. I need to stop. You need to pull me back when I do that. (laughs) No, but but I I think it is something, you know, just here's, here's just a real quick example and then absolutely let's switch back. So my wife was down here with me for the start of spring training. She went to one of the, the games with me. And, of course, you know I have a press pass, so she sat out in the stands. The cheapest ticket to go to the game was $30, and that was like to sit in the grass. I know. Wow. Yeah. And so she had a beer. You know, mm-hmm. She sat in the grass. She parked. So that's 50 bucks right there just from one right. person. There were 12,000 people there that day. Wow. So you know, think about if they said, no, we can't have any crowds just the loss from that one game in that one thing. And I think that's whenever you start getting a little bit nervous about the economic impact that this could have, you know, on our, on our world, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine playing in front of a, a, an empty arena? That'd be like us speaking with nobody in the audience. Just absolutely. Well, How, you know, the energy is so off, right? So I, I don't know if you remember when the riots happened in Baltimore. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the Orioles were scheduled to play a game that day. And they, you know, the Orioles Park is not far from where all that happened. Mm-hmm. And they they played the game without letting anybody in except for media. And I remember they did some recordings of that game, and you could hear the players talking to each other. You know, I mean, it was it was a really surreal thing. Wow. But that's what wow. but that's what's going on right now in Italy with their soccer matches. You know, you and I were talking about the China. I think you said there was a there was an MMA fight that happened without any spectators. Yeah, so. in Singapore, one of the uh, larger, you know, one championship had they made a empty, empty arena. I mean, empty arena, and I'm sure you could hear everything. So, yeah, crazy times. So let let's bring it back to dental. I saw something on uh, Dental Hacks. I saw a post on the Dental Hacks Facebook group, and shout out to my friends there. Rick, Fer- I think it was Rick Ferguson was saying that he uses face shields, and you know there was a lot of good responses on there. So. I just wanted to bring it up because I thought it was a really good suggestion to people who may not think of that. But we're having a run on masks, which, of course, you know, we know face shields. He put up a graphic where the face shield actually protects you from more spray, which we know that inherently it's just that face shields are hard to work with. I mean, they're very difficult to work in. 
But, you know, when you take a look at COVID-19 and you take a look at the, the spray, you know, when he put up those pictures, the spray, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I, I want to call my doctor and be like, hey, let's let's order you some patients and <laughs> let's get this going. Because because so I'm, I'm just going to say for the doctors out there, hygienists, you might want to see if, if you can get some space shields, because if this keeps going, you know, and patients are coming in because they're not worried about it, you know let's first of all we have to protect our employees so you might want to might want to do that kevin and i t- thought that we would talk about you know how would this impact a trade show like what goes on in a trade show and so we're going to get into that in just a second but kevin your experts that you interviewed is there one or two takeaways um that you can share with us and then they can get the rest of it on your site yeah i, I think i think the biggest thing is that you have to know that there are mask shortages out there i think that you have to be aware that you know, and you, you you brought up a good point just a moment ago that wearing a mask isn't exactly going to keep you safe. <laughs> it could help, but you know, the, a lot of experts are coming out right now and saying that civilians don't have to wear masks. But one of the scary things that I'm hearing a lot, and that uh, our our friends at OSAP wanted me to really get out there, is the fact that dental professionals are now starting to not change their masks because they're afraid that they're going to run out. And so they wanted me to emphasize to people, these are still single-use items. Do not keep them on for a morning and then switch, you know, because that's happening out there. And, and again, part of it is the fear-mongering that you and I have talked about. So, so please, if you're listening to this and you're reducing your usage of masks, that could actually, of course, be worse than trying to protect yourself from the coronavirus. So, so still use common sense. Still use the same infection control rules that you used a year ago. Uh, I, I, I promise you, you know, you're going to do yourself a disservice and your patients a disservice if you are, are just trying to hoard masks and, and keep them on for a longer period of time than you should. Well, I'll share with you what one manager was telling me. Uh, I was talking to her uh, right before I went over to the Patterson event, and she was saying that she realized that her team was taking masks home for her family members. And all oh, that, yeah. Right? Yep. So now yep. she has the boxes of masks in her oper- in her room, her office, and in the morning she distributes as many masks as they have um, for the appointments plus two extra. And she's doing that because, you know, and at first it sounds really draconian, right? But she's, there is a shortage and she doesn't want to be that office that isn't protected. Patients come first and and she's right. She has a point. I mean, it sounds awful, but let's be honest. That's, that's a good way to control your mass, right? Because they will sure. walk out the door. You know, my nail, my nail girl, she's a good friend of mine. She's like, she texts me. She's like, Hey, you got any of those masks? You know, yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's like, no, no, I don't actually. <laughs> Well, yeah, just, just go on, uh, go on eBay, uh, go on, uh, you know, some of these uh, short sale sites and look at what people are charging for masks or even, uh, you know, crazy as it is, uh, sanitizer right now. It, it's insane. So Norman was involved in beekeeping for a while. That's one of his hobbies. And I have a full beekeeper suit. And uh, so I'm, I'm happy to rent that out to anybody who would nice. like to do anything in a beekeeper suit. So Norman doesn't know this, but happy to rent it out. <laughs> So it'll get it out of my garage. All right. So uh, let's talk about trade shows because there is a, there is a certain loss with trade shows. And one thing that I saw in a lot of the comments when, when people were talking about trade shows is like, Oh, no big deal. We'll just reschedule it. No, 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 no. It is, it is a huge deal to cancel a trade show because uh, the organizations, they have uh, booking blocks in the hotels that they must meet. So you've got to negotiate whether or not, 
you know, you can get that money back if people start canceling. If they have travel insurance, hopefully this co- this covers it. But apparently you must have a state of emergency declared in that state in order to be able to use it. So like right now, Hinman, just for example, in Georgia, and it sounds like it's going to be fine, but it, I don't think Georgia has declared a state of emergency. Florida has, you know, would they be able to cancel and recover their money? No, because there's no state of emergency. I mean, that's what I'm assuming. And that's what I've been told. So the revenue that's involved is not only from attendees who it's easy for them to stay home, right. And they'll get their money. The revenue really is the sponsors that are there. And if sponsors don't show up, it's a real domino effect. So Kevin, what's the most you've seen people, a company pay for a booth space? And what's the least you've seen them pay? I know I'm I'm kind of putting you on the spot. I know the least, I mean, some meetings, you can get a little tiny sliver of something for like a thousand. Yeah. Um, Yeah. There there are state needs to sell tabletops for 500 bucks. You know, I I know that for a fact, but I I can tell you that, you know, some of these giant booths and, and it's not just the space that you're renting, it's the union you're having to pay to hang the twirly sign that goes overhead you know the electricity that goes in there you know those could be upwards of 20 to thirty thousand dollars whenever you put all of the the and you know you then throw in let's say you've got one of those big booths you're talking about six seven eight people to run it their hotel mm-hmm. their food everything else you know the, the the amount that companies put out to exhibit at trade shows is crazy whenever you really look at all the costs associated with it. I know that one of the big issues is the, like you said, the union. I was really, let's peel the, the cover off of that for a second, because I don't think people realize like how much it costs to actually have a, a booth. Like somebody is paid to empty your trash can at the end of the day. And yep. you you cannot in the booth do that. Right. No. Somebody it comes and hooks up your electricity and puts your carpet down. You cannot do that. And and if you do, it's a breach of your contract because the unions that are there, they control all of that. Company has one of those pop up booths, you know, they can't necessarily set that up. They have to contract with the union person to do that. So there's a lot of money involved in order to and, and even for the small company. So it might be a thousand to get a booth, for example, but then you're paying a couple thousand and cost to be there. So it's it's a lot of money. And the tchotchkes, my goodness, the tchotchkes that they come out with, you know, that people just walk by and swipe, that's that's money too. It, it all adds yeah, up. It, it does. And I think that that's what you just said is something that, that trade show attendees need to realize is that, I look, I understand it's not always comfortable to walk the trade show floor and be sold to and everything else. But without those exhibitors, that trade show doesn't happen. Your CE that you're taking doesn't happen. And so I think you've got to take a step back sometimes and go, these people are putting out money to make sure that I get education. And from an exhibitor standpoint, that's what they're hoping that you realize so that you will come into the exhibit hall because they're they're doing everything they can to at least educate you on what they have to offer. And part of that is them giving money to educate you on when Dr. Christensen or Teresa Duncan comes to town to do a lecture. And I know you probably have noticed that some of the courses, you know, are being moved to the convention floor. Now that is a direct result of making sure attendees come into the convention floor for the sponsors. So ADA has got this AAPD, the pediatric association, I'm going to be speaking for them. They're going to have these meetings and, you know, on the floor and it's exciting as from a speaker point of view, but you look at the overall picture of why didn't they let me have a big room so I can talk to more people? 
it's it's because they want to draw people onto the floor and the sponsors are a lot of them pull out actually we've seen some yeah. sponsors actually leave big shows in texas there was a whole bunch of stuff that went on but i know some of the shows down there they don't have the pattersons and shines and all of that no that's a big loss when you don't have that kind of dependable money you know adon we have big presence there from care credit and patterson mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff i mean imagine if they decided to pull out that show would get exponentially more expensive or even just cancel because they need that revenue to make it happen. And that's one of the things that I see, unfortunately, happening with state shows at a very local level. There are a lot of state dental associations that are struggling right now to put on a show because, A, the attendance isn't that great, and B, the exhibitors know the attendance isn't that great, so they're not going to support it or they're going to support it in the smallest amount possible. So it's really a vicious circle in that respect. But I think we've got to realize that not everybody can go. You know, we're very blessed. We can go to a Chicago Midwinter or an ADA or Greater New York or a Hinman or whatever. But not everybody, if you're living in the middle of Oklahoma or Kentucky or Iowa, you don't, you may not have that, that luxury. So I think we've got to make sure how do we keep education at a local level viable and understand that those who want education locally need to understand that it's got to be supported as well through at least paying a visit to the trade show or at least seeing the exhibitor. And, you know, and, and hey, let's be honest. So, you know, you and I do shows and whenever we're meet, speaking at some of these smaller events, more intimate events, there are tabletops in the back with some of our sponsors. And you and I both know that we try to bring the sponsors into the talk, but we also see the the people who are attending, man, they dart out of there. They rarely will talk to them and they'll avoid them like they've got the coronavirus a lot of times, unfortunately. And again, that's that vicious circle because you and I might not be there if those people in the tabletops aren't there. So how do we, and I think that's something that our listeners need to understand is that they are the reason why education is happening and, and how do we at least support them somehow, some way. Yeah, that's true because the presence of the meetings, it means that we get our CD in, CE in a, um, in a group setting. So I, I just want to call out that that is still one of the best means of learning is learning from each other. I mean, you and I can teach webinars all day long. Sure. Sometimes I like it, you know, because I don't have to, I mean, most of the time we're in our pajamas, right? So, uh, but it is something to see the crowd interact and, you know, finding out what's going on in different areas. I mean, that's really amazing when it happens. So I really hope that the meetings don't take a hit, that they don't come back from. That's what I worry about, that they, they shut this down. Like maybe a state meeting decides to shut down and they don't have the funds to recover because they are using the proceeds from the last meeting, you know, to kind of drive that. And they're not able to start back up again the next year. That's what I worry about. Not so much, maybe not so much the big states, but you know, the small states, there's not, there's not, the margins are slim on these meetings. That's something that I think most people don't understand. The margins are slim. Sometimes they even take a loss at these meetings. They, they do. And at some point, the, if you take a loss year after year, at some point it runs out. And again, I'm not fear mongering here. I'm not saying that, but I think we've got to be a little realistic and look at some of these states where it's just tough to keep going in the red to provide education. And and what you said a moment ago is so important because you can get online learning out there. I know that. And I know you and I can provide that a lot of places can. But at the same time, there is something to be said for actually going and being social and listening and asking questions and getting out of something what you want rather than having something told to you. And then at the end, you go, well, that was fun. And you walk away. 
So, you know, I, I, I think there's, I think there's a vast difference. And I think that we have to realize that as an industry, we don't want to go to that. We need ADOM. We need RDH under one roof. We need the greater New York meeting. We need all of these meetings to exist, but it's going to take something on our part as consumers to make sure that they exist as well. So I just got a text from our friend, Susan Gunn. That's apologies. I didn't silence my phone. Uh, she just told me that a really big tennis tournament uh, was canceled. And then she writes, CDA is next. And Oh no, don't, I hope not. So no, Susan, not. you need to stop with the, the juju there. So <laughs> stop with no. that. But <laughs> I know I'm totally calling her out now. Well, just send her, send her a note back until her opening day is going to be next and see what her response is there. She, uh, she won't like that. <laughs> She's a big Rangers fan for those of yeah, you that is. don't know. So, <laughs> I, I, but I'd also like to let the uh, exhibiting sponsors know that you know there are a lot of them that a lot of us that do appreciate attendees that do appreciate that they're there because it is one of the few times that you can talk to the representative so we do appreciate the pens we like the little tchotchkes or whatever i really love the tchotchkes and i have to really stop from grabbing everything because it's my <laughs> office manager lizard brain that takes over like i see a good pen and i must have it like that's part <laughs> of that's like in our in our brains but uh, we do appreciate it and i i know i've met some fantastic salespeople. there's there's not there's some not so fantastic salespeople out there mm. but i've met some really fun people you have a pretty big road family yeah. with with all these reps, honestly. So, uh, okay, so let's go, let's go into the offices. So let's go deep into the offices here. When a patient calls to cancel an appointment, I just want to give some some tips here. You know, I wouldn't make a big deal out of it. I know we we start you know kind of rolling our eyes or whatever, and we go we start doing this whole you know it's really not that bad. And and I've heard that from you know there was an attendee on Friday that was telling me that she's telling the patients that you know it's really not that bad. We take universal precautions and all that kind of stuff. And I think I would say that I would not say it's not that bad. I would never minimize it, but I would say you know we take universal precautions. We have protective equipment here. We, we follow universal precautions and they may not even know what that is. So maybe we need to find a different term, but I don't know if I would do the whole minimizing where it's not that bad because we don't know if they've got elderly parents that they take care of or, or anything like that. So it is, it, it's definitely going to affect us as far as revenue goes. This is the time where it really hits that dentistry is face to face. I mean, even, I mean, our buddies at Smile Direct Club, and I use that sarcastic sarcastically if people don't come in to get their impressions they're going to suffer too so it's not just the ones that we think of as teledentistry i think even regular dentistry you know we're going to take a hit so i i do think and i'm curious to hear what you have to say i do think that we're going to see much less production in 2020 because of this and it's not just patients freaking out but employees too if employees aren't there yeah really work so what what do you are you seeing are you hearing it? I mean, you're the lovely bride, Dana. She's yeah. in offices already. Is she hearing things? <laughs> I think I think we're all hearing that people are very nervous right now. And and I think that these next couple of weeks are going to determine a lot of how the next quarter is going to go or, or the rest of the year. I think we're at a real tipping point with this. And I think people are still not, how do I say this? I think they're still not afraid to go out of the house. But I think that if we get to the point where it really continues to spread at the rate that it has, I think we could get to that point. But I will say this. I think that this is an opportunity for dental practices to reaffirm what we know that you all are doing already. And that's that you all are taking serious steps to protect the patient every day. You all were doing that six months ago. 
before we didn't know about coronavirus. How are you explaining to your patients that infection control has always been at the top of your priority list for them? I think that this is the time for you to get the messaging out there. Our friends at OSAP are tremendous uh, with some resources that can help you with that. I, I think that it's important for you to say, we've been taking care of you even before you were worried about us taking care of you and really get that message out there. So yes, I know you're going to have cancellations. Yes, I know that there's going to be some people who are going to be nervous about coming in. But at the same time, your proactiveness to, to alleviate some of those concerns is going to be critical, I think, to your, your business's growth or demise over the next few months, just to put it bluntly. So let me just throw out an example of what you can do, because what you said is, is genius, really kind of getting the message out that you're, you're taking precautions. So I think you should have a meeting with your team to go over, you know, what's, what's going on. Not only how are we going to handle patients, but what about if you feel sick? What's the protocol there? Our friends at Cedar Solution actually put up, I'll, I'll link the blog, I'll link OSAP as well. And, and I know you're going to put something up on Bicuspid, so I'll yep. link that too. But our friends at Cedar, you know, wrote a blog post about, you know, what do you do if the coronavirus hits your office and is very helpful as far as, you know, what do we do with uh, our employees calling in sick and policies and all of that. So have this meeting with your team. What I would also do is you're going to have cancellations. We, we have cancellations, right? So sure. if your team... Is if the office is empty and your team has a get get your team together, get everybody in whatever conference room you use and have a quick meeting and then take a picture of that. Take a picture of it and then put it on your social media that, you know, we take we take this seriously. Our team is, you know, has undergone education to do all of that because you guys are meeting about it. I mean, honestly, from a that's what I'm gonna do with the offices I'm you know, I'm still in is I'm going to tell them, you know, look, we need to do something on social media that says, hey, we're preparing, everything's cool, you know, we're safe here, but we're ready for it. And, you know, your your health is priority. I would get that messaging out pretty much as fast as I can, honestly, because I think a lot of people can't, I mean, shoot, if there's threat of snow, people cancel. Can, so can you imagine if this gets worse, people are going to cancel just because, you know, somebody coughed on the metro or something. So yeah. like crazy, crazy times. Now, when you said OSAP has a lot of resources, have you done an interview with OSAP or is that on the horizon? I have. So so I did an interview with OSAP. It's on drbycuspid.com right now. You can check it out. We talked about proper mask usage as well as talked to representatives from Henry Schein and Patterson about mask shortages and what they're expecting. Because I, I will tell you, I've been, in, and like you, I've been in a few uh, branches for Patterson over the last few weeks and have heard that they are some restrictions on ordering. And so what we're trying to do is get ahead of that. And, and again, not fear-mongering, but giving you the right information so that you can be prepared. And so if you go to drbycuspid.com and, and or look for mask shortage, uh, the, the article will pop right up there. We have a statement from OSAP as well as Shine and Patterson that I think hopefully will help you all understand a little bit more about what's going on out there. Now, I realize that we have sometimes new to dentistry users. What is OSAP and oh, sure. what is their mission? Because I don't even think we define that. So I, I apologize, people. We try not to do that. <laughs> that's that's a great point. And, and thanks. Because I, you know, I, I will say OSAP is probably the, the best kept secret in dentistry. And, and that's not a good thing. The Organization for Safety and Business and uh, Procedures, OSAP. So what you need to do is OSAP, OSAP.org. And you can go there and look up. And, and if you ever have any infection control questions, if you ever wonder about if you're doing things properly in the practice, 
I beg you, don't go to Facebook. Don't ask the practice next to you. Go to OSAP. They have free resources on there that can help you. And again, quick plug for them, a membership is minute every year uh, to get some great information that can really help you make sure that you are protecting your patients properly. So if you're new to dentistry or been in there forever, I, I strongly, especially this time, uh, OSAP.org is a, a tremendous resource for you. So I'll tell you, I'll give you an example of Facebook OSAP versus, you know, faux OSAP versus actual OSAP is on Facebook, there was a question, and this goes around every little bit. I'm sure Tia, our friend Tia Hunter, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I actually can see her face get redder and redder and actually explode <laughs> when she sees this question. But it's, it's you know, can we have fake nails yeah. in the back as a clinician? And, you know, you always see people going, yeah, as long as you keep them short, it's not right. a problem. Blah, blah, blah. And, and the recommendation is to not have fake nails in the back because you can get bacteria trapped. And there's studies that show the actual, like the trapping. And it's really, it's freaking disgusting is what it is. <laughs> they don't want the fake nails in the back. And that's something that I, I think a lot of offices don't know because I know I see it all the time. Dental assistants taking classes, hygienists coming in and they've got beautiful nails. Maybe they're short, but they're, you know, they're blingy, they're fake. So that's something when you go on Facebook, you're going to get two different opinions and you might be like, well, this office, you know, they're pretty smart. They, they do it. So it must be okay. And that's, that's not the case. So get the truth. Yeah, it's, it's like my grandpa used to say, there are things you can do and things you should do. And sometimes those two aren't the same, you know, and, and absolutely you can have fake nails. You shouldn't have fake nails. But, uh, but yeah, please, please, if you've ever got a question, my God, some of the things that float around these Facebook groups, you know, I'm in so many for dental assistants and I just shudder whenever I see the answers that they're sharing back and forth. So yeah, go to the experts, just like we're talking about with the coronavirus, just like we're talking about with, with business practices, so many different things. Go to the experts and ask them for advice, and you'll be surprised uh, what you've been doing all this time may not exactly be best practices. So well, coming up for you, you're doing the spring training, and then we're in Fargo, right? We are, so, yeah. Cannot wait to got, be there. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. And for me, I'm totally geeking out this week because the code uh, maintenance committee meeting is this week. So I leave on Wednesday. And interestingly enough, I've already had notifications yesterday from my app and I don't check in until Wednesday and I'm already getting notifications to check into my hotel, which they don't usually send it that far. Oh, ahead. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering if they're trying to get me to lock in so that I don't cancel. Um, yeah. Interesting. Right. So, so yeah, but the code maintenance committee meets and I know for my insurance nerds, I'll have uh, some discussion about that on, on an upcoming podcast. There are things I can't like say because they get really you know, antsy about that, but I can definitely give you the tone and the gist of, of what's going on. And next podcast that I'll do, I also uh, have been talking to some doctors about class action lawsuits against Delta. And I can't tell you at Chicago, man, at the Chicago midwinter meeting, I can't tell you how many dentists came up to me and said that they had listened to the podcast, you know, about the Delta lawsuits. But not only that, they said that they have been talking to lawyers and law firms about their own uh, class action lawsuits and asking me for advice, you know, do you know anybody who's doing this? And I, I don't. So, you know, I can try to point you in the way, but I'm really not the best person to call if you're looking to do that. I would say the State Dental Society or if you are a CPA, uh, if you have a CPA, probably get in touch with them. Just somebody more professional than me <laughs> would know who's filing who's filing lawsuits. But uh, I, was, I was shocked. I want to say maybe... I want to say like 12 to 15 doctors asking wow. me about this stuff. That's a lot. That's a lot. So, and I actually talked to more doctors this past uh, Chicago midwinter than I did managers because about this topic, the doctors are pretty upset 
And uh, are you hearing any of that, or is uh, the lovely bride hearing any of that? Uh, you know, some of it, yes, uh, but it, but it's kind of mumbled rumblings, uh, shall mm -hmm. we say? Uh, but I think that you know, and this is something personally I'm keeping an eye on. Let's say that we start our our economy takes a hit from this, which means our industry takes a hit from this. All of a sudden, we're all trying to find different ways to make revenue, different ways to make our business stronger. I think that's when you could see something like this really come back to the forefront, roaring. Just, just a thought. Well, there's two ways of looking at that. You know, will dentists go, well, you know, screw it. I need patients in the seat and sign up for more plans yep. or, you know, decide not to do it. Or you'll have, you know, doctors saying, I need to seriously cut back. I'm losing money. Now's the time to pretty much go bare bones or, you know, real, real low. And one yep. doctor did tell me that he said he decided to go out of network and he, <laughs> he was really funny. Cause he said, a lot of my staff is new, only two of them are long-term. So it's not going to kill me to, you know, downsize. And I just, I couldn't help it. I cracked up, but then I thought, geez, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, but he's like, it's not going to kill me. So it was, it was really funny the way he said it. So uh, I was like, man, I, I hope that if I worked for him, I would hope I would be on his good side, right? No um, kidding, but he, please. But he, he did, you know, he said it's it's going to be tough and it's going to be different, but he's looking forward to seeing less patients, but having more revenue. And, you know, he's he's made peace with the fact that it's going to be a, a difficult road, but he's willing to do it. So, mm -hmm. and, and I think we'll talk about more about that in a, in a future episode, because um, I think I'm going to hear more at the ADA about, you know, some of these yeah. rumblings or rumblings. And uh, as always, I like to bring it to the listeners and to you. So is there anything else that we need to talk about? Because we just, again, it's almost an hour. And I know. It just, it just flies. I'm just going to sum up my feeling on this is that, that it's very similar. And, and stick with me on this, this thought here. It's, this is very similar to me after 9-11 happened. There were a lot of people who said, I'm not going to fly. I'm not going to do this. And, and that's whenever I always said, you know what? Whenever we, we hole up, that's when the terrorists win. So I was very big on getting back out there and making sure that our economy stayed healthy. And this is how I'm approaching it as well. I'm still going to North Dakota. I'm still going to CDA. I'm still going to PNDC. I'm not going to change my travel plans or anything else unless I'm forced to. But if I'm signed up for a meeting right now, trust me, I'm going to be there because I think that's what we have to do as an industry is that we have to not retreat into the dark hole and say, oh, no, what if? Because I think mm -hmm. the, I think anytime you live by what ifs, it'll kill you. So, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's my two cents as I wave the flag and you know get get back out there. So I I agree with you, and I hope the sponsors realize that uh, you know we need you at these shows. You know, if you can make it, please do. The, the attendees, I think I think you are going to see people drop out a little bit of the shows, but I think the vast majority of healthcare providers, we know the truth, and we're you know we're we're okay. I mean, we do the universal precautions. We're sure. okay. I mean, yep. honestly, nobody's going to stop you know, going to the store, we have to do these things. This is life, right? So that being said, uh, I wanted to end with uh, a Netflix or not a Netflix, a, a TV recommendation. Because so, we always try to lighten things up a little bit. There is a show on this is my sci fi here. Uh, there's a show on I think it's either Epics or HBO it might be HBO. It's called Avenue Five. And it stars Hugh Laurie, you know, from um, mm -hmm. Oh, goodness, what is that? Uh House, house, jeez, yeah, house. house. Yeah. My goodness. So he's he's in there, and he's a it's a sci-fi show that's just so totally off the wall, wacky, like just crazy wacky. Jack Black is in there. It's just funny. So I, I highly recommend that quick show to watch. 
And War of the Worlds is on Epics, I believe, oh. and it's a series. They've turned it into a series. And if you like sci-fi, you know, they're, they're, it's very interesting. I'm actually really, really enjoying that. So I wanted to throw that out for the sci-fi edition of what's Teresa watching nowadays. Nice. <laughs> wow. Anything from you? Okay. So, you know, you go sci-fi and things like that. I'm going to go uh, reality show love everything else so you know i'm a big temptation island fan i cannot wait for mm -hmm. season three well last night uh, my buddy uh, and i uh binged the first three episodes of love is blind on netflix and oh that noah is, was talking about that noah that, was talking about that quite interesting quite interesting you know you what do you in, what do you mean quite interesting so, so, <laughs> so 10 men 10 women uh you go into these pods and you you talk to somebody on the other side. You don't know what they look like. You can ask them questions and everything else, but you never get to see them. And then during the 10 days, you can decide if you want to ask one of them to marry you or not. So they put these people who are ready to get married on opposite sides. And then, of course, you know, so we just got through last night. I think six of the 10 got engaged. And so now they've they've actually seen each other. And now they're they're like spending their first time together. And it's very interesting how that they fall in love with the voice, but all of a sudden when reality hits, it's like, oh, this person's not who I thought they were. So did that did that happen where somebody was like, ew? Oh, yeah. Oh, it already has. Oh, oh yeah. It's, it's already going. And there's still eight more episodes to go. So, you know, I'm just going to tell you, so far it's been a very fascinating uh, uh, psychology experiment watching it unfold. It. And I'm, I'm all for a good train wreck. Uh, you know, and and uh, so far, uh, so far we've definitely already had one, so that's fantastic. My favorite train wreck is uh, 90 Day Fiance, which oh. I never thought I would watch, but it is. If you ever want to dive into a steaming hot mess, that's that's it. So sometimes, sometimes we I, but <laughs> we do. And if we're staying home for crying out loud, we might as well watch something fun. So uh, Love Is Blind on Netflix is is your recommendation. I, I will so. give a thumbs up, absolutely. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Okay. So uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up. I always, always appreciate the time Kevin and I both do that you spend with us. I will have all of the uh, stuff that we talked about, all the links, OSAP and, and my cuspid. I'll put that all in the show notes for you. And, you know, don't go, don't go buying a million masks. Don't, no, don't please. sterilize your masks. That's another thing. Don't, don't put them in the <laughs> autoclave, you know, <laughs> Don't do any of that stuff, but uh, I want you all to stay safe, keep an eye out for what's going on, and if anything breaks or anything crazy happens, uh, Kevin will definitely be on top of it with Bicuspid, so always check out that site. Please. So, Kevin, enjoy uh, spring training. Enjoy your time. Hey, thanks so much. Always good to uh, catch up with you, and I'll look forward to hanging out with you in Fargo in just a couple of weeks. Woohoo! All right. Thanks, everyone. Subscribe to this podcast so you'll get our next candid discussion. Visit Teresa's website, odysseymgmt.com. That's odysseymgmt.com for more information on Teresa's courses, books, and speaking schedule. Subscribe to her newsletter while you're there. Don't say we didn't tell you that.